0: turn off your laptop
1: we're on staycation i'm on totalwine.com. they have so many rosés chardonnays and proseccos it feels like a real vacation
0: wondrous
2: selection helpful guides ridiculously low prices total wine and more this is the overtime podcast network
0: you're listening to the huddle up podcast with chad jensen and zach kelberman Join Bronco's Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now, it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up! Podcast, presented by Mile High Huddle and 24-7 Sports, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, is my co-host and partner in crime. You know him, you love him, as your Denver Broncos reporter for 24-7 Sports. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, Wednesday, Thursday, both huge news days for the Denver Broncos. Everyone's still, you know, the, the Joe Flacco to Denver news rippling through the Mile High City.
2: Yeah, I don't know about Love anymore. A lot of people disagree with me about Joe Flacco and my my opinion on him, but uh, definitely um, a groundbreaking move for the Broncos, a bombshell move. Weeks before free agency even opened, the Broncos were getting their ducks in the order in quickly. Um, I still don't like it. I'm still not convinced of it, and uh, I am hope to debate it a little more.
0: We're going to dive even more into it. We're going to get to your questions, VIP Mailbag Edition. It is Friday after all, but first – a few matters of business so you guys make sure you're following the show on twitter at huddle up you want to do that if you want to be involved in our call outs for twitter questions twitter mailbags sometimes we'll ask you if you have any ideas or if you have any thoughts or if you have any requests for show topics segment ideas if you really want to be engaged and have your finger on the pulse of the huddle up podcast you got to be following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. And also, i got to tell you, each and every episode, take time to leave a creative review and rate the show. A lot of you have done it. Those of you who have, Zach and I love you. We appreciate you. You have no idea how much that helps us to grow and reach new listeners. Those of you who haven't done that, what the heck is going on? Take some time. It might take you two minutes. Pound out, you know, 20 words, whatever. Give us your thoughts on the huddle up podcast give us a five-star rating you know we appreciate you all right so today we are going to go through your questions answer your questions in the mile high mailbag vip style because it is friday that's going to be our tradition moving forward because zach and i are your football priests and we are here to offer you that absolution and the answers to your burning broncos questions and zach right now denver broncos country the heart is burning at Mile High. There's a lot <laughs> on the minds of this fan base. First question comes from Paul826. He's going on two months of being a VIP subscriber. His question, comment, reaction. I don't know the draft plan, what it is now with Flacco. I hope Kyler Murray or Drew Locke or Dwayne Haskins are on the board of pick 10. Even if we don't take one, we could get a nice return in a trade down. Does this affect Matt Paradis and C.J. Mosley in free agency? Flacco is a statue. We will need more offensive line upgrades with him under center versus Case. Kliss made a point. Do you think because the staff is older, they felt that a veteran free agent quarterback was the smarter idea at this point? If he falls, or excuse me, if he fails, we go quarterback in 2020 or 2021? I love the Broncos, he says. Even if I'm lukewarm on this move overall, I do hope it pans out. P.S., I hope Zach is okay. I know he thinks this was a Band-Aid move. Your your reaction and answers.
2: Well, Paul knows me well, for one. This was a Band-Aid move, getting Joe Flacco. Um, In terms of his questions, though, the, the draft plan to me should remain the same. It should not dissuade the Broncos from going Locke or Murray or Haskins at number 10. They still have to get that young quarterback on the roster, and I can't say that enough. I know I felt it. Um, I saying it ad nauseum, but it's true. So that shouldn't change at all. And in terms of uh, free agency, they still have the same amount of money, pretty much, they're going to work with. But to me, because Joe Flacco is way more of a statue than Case Keenum, I mean, he just stands there in the pocket. They have to get that offensive line solidified. That means bringing back Matt Paradis, Jared Valdir, uh, making sure Ronald Leary is good, getting a good guard in there with Connor McGovern, and having Mike Munchak... The biggest coaching hire with respect to Vic Fangio um, in the system, in the mix that them developed. Also, in terms of the vet- veteran quarterback, it was made not because of uh, they're older or whatever. It's because Elway wants to compete. It's because he literally detests saying the word rebuilding, let alone actually rebuilding. He does not believe in tearing it down. He does not believe in starting over. He wants to just um, do a quick reset and plug another veteran band-aid in there and hope he can take him back to the playoffs. I don't agree with it, but that's Elway's logic.
0: Yeah. I know, man. I mean, I say it all the time. This is verbiage you guys have heard me utilize on this podcast many times. But personally, in life, professionally, this is true in so many different ways. The best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. What has Elway done in the past and what has worked for him the most? Well, he hired John Fox as his first head coach in 2011. He suffered through a you know fair to middling season, even though the Broncos made the playoffs with Tim Tebow. The very next thing he did was went out and got himself a Super Bowl winning quarterback in Peyton Manning to pair with his defensive minded coach. And here you go again. You got Vic Fangio coming in as a as a defensive czar. And so Elway went out and he got his Super Bowl winning quarterback. Now it's interesting, we talked about this on yesterday's show that Joe Flacco is the first Super Bowl MVP to be traded since 2010. It's been a while. It doesn't happen often. Usually those are the best of the best type of players that don't leave their original native franchises. But in this case, he burned out in Baltimore. He went a few years. Well, I think 2014 was the last year before 2018 anyway, that the Ravens had made the playoffs under Flacco. So you got 15, 16, 17. You went three years in a row missing the playoffs. So what did Ozzie Newsom do in his last draft for the Ravens? He trades back into the first round to grab Lamar Jackson late in round one. And Joe Flacco, from what I've been told, handled it well in terms of you know not overreacting. He was kind to... Lamar Jackson, maybe if even if he wasn't exactly encouraging, and when he finally did lose his job, and let's remind everybody, he wasn't benched, okay? He was not benched for Lamar Jackson. Now, you can argue that his play had an impact on the team's ultimate decision not to give him his job back, but Joe Flacco suffered a hip injury in Week 9. That's why the Ravens turned to Lamar Jackson when they did after making him basically a Wildcat-style offensive weapon up until that point. They turned to Lamar Jackson and things started moving for him and so they felt like you know what let's just keep rolling and Flacco handled that well. So you got to keep that in mind, I think Zach, in terms of perspective, it's not like he completely crashed and burned in Baltimore and you know it was this is a reclamation project of some sort. I do think though that he's going to come to Denver with a little bit of a, a chip on his shoulder and maybe he can use that as some fuel to you know prove some people wrong in 2019.
2: I mean, to be fair, he did start the 2018 season strong, Flacco, before he got injured, and that gave way to Lamar Jackson. So um, in in the sense, he still has some juice left in his arm, but he's still 34. His body's breaking down. He was always a limited quarterback, but now even more so. Um, to me, it just it's, it's another Band-Aid, and even though he did win the Super Bowl, he has it on his resume, he has a winning record, he has a good record against the Broncos' opponents and divisions and all that stuff— it to me, it just doesn't move the needle. I just still want to see what he will do, not what he has
0: done. That's that's a big thing to me. The Paul's point here of if this Flacco move fails, will the Broncos go with a quarterback in the twenty or 20 or twenty twenty one draft? I'm not even looking that far out yet, Zach. I mean, you can. I'm, I'm still hinging my overall evaluation on this move on whether or not the Broncos take care of the future as well holding a top 10 pick for the second time in a row. Like, they have to – get, they can't go two years in a row with a top 10 pick and not – you know, let's face it, it's not like Peyton Manning is in his prime or even on the tail end of his career on this team, and so they chose with two top 10 picks not to go quarterback. They have two top 10 picks two years in a row and a need at quarterback, and if they – I'm telling you, if they go two years without capitalizing on a quarterback with that opportunity and things don't go swimmingly for Joe Flacco in 2019, John Elway might not last till the end of his contract in 2021.
2: I'm 100% with you. You, you never know that the next time the Broncos are going to end up with a top 10 pick. And to come away two years in a row without a blue chip prospect when they've fallen into your lap, uh, to me, that would be a fireable offense for any GM not named John Elway. So, you know, I've been really hard on this move for Flacco. But to be fair, I'll give it until April, at least the draft. I want to see what they'll do. If they come away with Locke, um, I would be okay with it. But if they are putting all their eggs in the Flacco basket and looking toward 2020 or 2021 when nothing is guaranteed, uh, to me, that's very, very bad roster mismanagement.
0: Yeah, I mean, one thing, you got to tip your cap to Elway. I mean, it's one of the reasons why he's in the Hall of Fame as a quarterback. It's one of the reasons why he was able to land and close the deal that got Peyton Manning here. It's one of the reasons why he won a Super Bowl as a GM. His cojones are world-sized. This is a guy that's not worried about perception. He's not worried about what outside opinion and what that view is on the situation. He's going to go out. He's going to do what he thinks is right, come hell or high water, and let the chips fall where they may. He's a competitive SOB. And more often than not, that has paid dividends for the Denver Broncos and for Broncos country, but it remains to be seen whether the Flacco move will fall into that same mold. Now, here comes one from... No fly zone, 2125. He's going on 14 months being a VIP subscriber. He says, could this be a move to kind of help Drew Locke's development, considering Locke would probably run a system more to what Flacco runs so that the Broncos wouldn't have to scheme up different offenses for the quarterbacks? Is he, Flacco, a better bridge quarterback than Case? I know for one that at least Flacco can and will test the field deep which will be good for Cortland Sutton. And do you see this, Zach, actually helping us draw in more free agents? Now that's interesting. That's not something we've really touched on yet. What do you think this does for as a recruiting tool for, your, for the Denver Broncos in 2019 free agency?
2: I don't really think it helps him more than having Case Keenum on the roster. Maybe little, but it's negligible. Maybe for C.J. Mosley if he doesn't re-sign with Baltimore, but the big free agents, it's not going to help them uh, that much. In terms of uh, being a mentor for Locke, yeah, he's a gunslinger just like Locke is and definitely more than Case Keenum is, and he is a good mentor in that sense to to bridge that gap from short-term to long-term. But I say this again, if the Broncos wanted to do that, why not just have Keenum on the roster? Why give up a draft pick, go through all this process, changing quarterbacks, just to have a mentor for a young guy. So theoretically, yes, they they're the same kind of player, same you know they're same tall, strong arm quarterbacks. Um, definitely more so than Case Keenum, but it just doesn't correlate to me why you would swap one off of the other if the end result is the same thing.
0: Yeah, I think Vic Fangio remains a stronger recruiting tool, to be honest with you, in free agency Agreed. at this point than Joe Flacco. But I don't think it hurts. I mean, I think you're right that it probably helps a little bit, but if it does, it's only in it very negligible amount over Case Keenum. But what does he bring to the table, Flacco, that, you know, how is he viewed by NFL veterans? I think that he is respected around the league because even though he's not a Star Wars number guy, even though he's not a perennial Pro Bowl guy, he is known throughout the league as being a gritty starting quarterback that has pretty much seen it all in the NFL. I mean, he's He's been in the playoffs a lot. I mean, we talked about yesterday that there's only one other quarterback that has more playoff wins since 2008, the year Flacco entered the league, than Flacco, and it's Tom Brady, which kind of surprised me, to be honest with you. Like, it just made me realize, and you talked about it too yesterday, what have you done for me lately? But it kind of put into perspective to me how consistent Flacco has been throughout his career. Now, the last three years have not been anything to write home about, but if you kind of look at what, I mean, the, the Ravens are kind of an interesting facsimile of the Denver Broncos because the Broncos have so much over the last few years. They've invested so heavily on the defensive side of the ball, and yet fans are mystified why the offense has been lackluster over the years. Well, the Ravens are similar. They have the money tied up in Flacco, but they've kind of been loath to spend that much more money or invest in that side of the ball outside of Flacco. It's all been on the defensive side. You can look at their first-round picks. You can look at the money they spend when they do sign a.
1: So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies plus type 2 collagen, make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie and tart cherry or pineapple kale Share the shine. Enjoy a medium Dunkin' Coconut Refresher for $3. Order ahead plus earn rewards. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer includes classic Dunkin' Refreshers.
0: Free agent. Zach, more often than not, it's been on the defensive side of the ball. So there are some mitigating factors, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that the organization is, is blameless in terms of Flacco not being back to the playoffs since Kubiak left. So those are things to keep in mind, too. Uh, Flacco can be remembered as
2: you described him, Chad, or he can be remembered as the guy who was beat out by Lamar Jackson last year and then traded for a fourth-round draft pick. I mean, to me in the NFL, it's what have you done for me lately. And I think you and I just have to de- agree to disagree on what his upside is for the Broncos. I, we, we share the premise of what this move means, means for Denver in the long term, but I think in the short term I'm just a little more cynical about
0: the whole idea than you are. Yeah, and that's okay. I mean— People view things differently. It's the way it is. And honestly, it's probably refreshing for some of our listeners because we do share a brain on so many topics as it relates to the Denver Broncos. It's probably refreshing to hear us disagree on something. But the one thing, again, we do agree on, our overall evaluation on this, at least on the surface, is going to come April 26th. Yes, Did the Broncos get a quarterback at pick ten? Then holler back at us. Now, here's a question from the real Kay Smith going on two months being a VIP subscriber. Welcome to the manger, my brother. Appreciate you supporting the site, supporting the show as a VIP. Allows Zach and I to bring you this content, wake up in the morning, brush our teeth, hop in the shower, do all that, grab our coffee, and then just crank out Bronco's content left and right for you. Your support allows us to do that. His uh, comment and question is, with the news of Flacco coming to Denver – What does this mean for the identity of our offense? It seems like a lateral move and a poor financial decision, but do you feel like we will win more games with Flacco over Keenum? And does the one and two game difference even matter in the long term of the franchise? I have been behind Elway in his decision making for the last year, regardless of our poor play. But if this decision bombs and we don't get a franchise quarterback, I fear the Duke of Denver may fall salient salient point that's been my biggest misgiving through this whole thing ever since the news broke on Wednesday is it's a bold move it's a splashy move and it's going to come with consequences if Elway doesn't draft a quarterback in round one Zach and if Flacco falls flat on his face for the Denver Broncos.
2: Thank you, K Smith. I agree with this word for freaking word. You're getting maybe what a one two game difference, so you're hoping you get maybe a wild card berth at best. That's what you're hoping for. That's what the Broncos standard is now, from championships to hoping for a wild card berth with a 34-year-old banted quarterback. I agree with this word for word and I also think that all the good way El- all the goodwill, excuse me, elway has built up over the offseason with his head coaching hires and some of the other things. It to me just evaporated with this move for Joe Flacco. It just reverted back to the old, impulsive, reactionary John Elway and not the calculated, smart, um, forward thinking Elway as he did with Vic Fangio. So I agree with this
0: assessment word for word. He does ask Real K Smith about the identity of our offense. And if you, I'm sure all of you listened to Thursday's episode with Benjamin Albright, in which I asked him about the the schematic fit you know is Joe Flacco with what the Broncos are looking to do offensively is he a schematic fit and Albright said yeah he is because if you look at Scangarella Scangarella branches off the Shanahan tree just like Kubiak and that was his best statistical season Flacco 2014 under Kubiak the year before Kubiak came back to Denver as head coach and so you're splicing him back into that kind of system a lot more under center mm-hmm. Boot play action, you're focusing on the run game, you are taking your shots downfield using play fakes. That's where Flacco fits best. And because he is a statue Zach, because he is not the most mobile quarterback, he does have pocket presence, but he's not a mobile threat to escape. You have to protect him and camouflage him in a sense with a prolific running game. The Broncos, here's the good news. They're set up to do just that. So here's that's one thing that's exciting about the fit aspect is you have two, well, I'll throw Devontae Booker in there too after how well he played in 2018. You got three right. young running backs poised to wreak havoc on the NFL, had big years last year, I mean, combined for nearly 2,000 yards rushing between all, of, well, 1,500 yards, no, almost 2,000 yards rushing uh, between the three of them, and one went to the Pro Bowl. Then you bring in... Mike Munchak, to coach the offensive line, which just on its surface, even if the Broncos lose Jared Velder, they lose Matt Paradis, and they cut Ronald Leary, the addition of Mike Munchak is an upgrade and mitigates any of those losses. That's to say nothing in what the Broncos can do to add offensive talent via free agency in the draft. But you put all those things together and then the you know splice in the system Scangarello's bringing to the table, I do like and agree with Albright that, that Flacco fits in there quite conveniently, Zach. Yeah, it's it's still
2: going to be a run heavy, run oriented offense. It has to flow through Philip Lindsay. He's just your playmaker. But Scangarello last month in his presser kind of laid out what his offense wants to be. He wants an offense that's willing to take shots, aggressive, but detailed in every way. This is his words, not mine. Takes care of the football, empowers its players to be the best they can be. And his offense empowers the quarterback to have success and adapt to his skill set. So to me, it seems like they're going to take advantage of a strong arm, Joe Flacco. They're going to throw downfield, but they're not going to get away from what works, and that's the running game. That's Philip Lindsay. So they're going to use the run to set up the pass and not the pass to set up the run, as Bill Musgrave did last year, which is why Case Keenum failed so badly. So in that sense, yeah, it's a better match, It's a better fit, and I like that, that – um, The tutor that Scangarello can work with, it's it's a—it's kind of an older project for him to work on, not a younger quarterback like he had in San Francisco. So in that sense, it's a fit, and he'll give the Broncos offense a new element. But is that element enough to carry them over the top? That's what has to remain to be seen.
0: Yeah. One other thing that makes me take a little bit more heart, viewing it through an optimistic lens, is that Scangarello has done such a good job, albeit in a very short window of time. He's not a lifer, let's face it, NFL coach. He's very new to the scene, even though he's got a couple decades worth of coaching experience. You know, he's got four years in the NFL. But the work he did the last two seasons in San Francisco coaching up the quarterbacks makes me optimistic. I'm not saying this is going to happen, but it leads me to hope that Joe Flacco can step in and reset, right? He's in a new environment, sometimes... Changing uh, your your environment, your where you are professionally can have refreshing uh, effects on you as a professional. And so you got that. Then you got the aspect of him playing with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Similarly to Peyton Manning, that's one thing I will compare to the Peyton Manning situation, is that Joe Flacco comes in with a chip looking to prove people wrong. Same with Peyton Manning, the way the Indianapolis Colts cut bait. And then... The last thing here is you splice him in with a uh, coordinator who has kind of built up a reputation over the last couple of years of being a whisperer. It could have, you know, it it could be a sleeper type of situation. I'm not going out on a limb, Zach, saying this is going to be a home run, but there are some sleeper aspects of it that can make me a little bit more optimistic the more I talk about it. I mean,
2: yeah, there, there's definitely incentive for Joe Flacco. Knowing he's 34, he's a mercenary now at this stage of his career. He's not going to be a 10-year starter for anyone, so maybe he'll start for the Broncos, take him back to the playoffs, 9, 10 wins. That rehabs his value, and knowing he's on a prove-it deal pretty much this season, he can cash out for another couple years with the Broncos, another team next year, or whatever. Um after that, but it definitely has incentive. It reminds me of when the Broncos drafted Bradley Chubb, and I thought Shane Ray would benefit greatly just by the chip on his shoulder. Right. I hope for the Broncos' sake, you know, Flacco is a little bit better than that. Um, but yeah, there's definitely incentive. I think it's more so financial than personal. Um, but it should benefit the Broncos having that that the extra edge.
0: I mean, I do like the how it portends versus you know you talk about the AFC West. What does this do from a power rankings perspective within the AFC West? I do think it allows the Broncos to hang better with the likes of the L.A. Chargers. I think you can put – I mean, his record against the AFC West kind of speaks for itself, taking out his record against the Broncos. He's 9-4 of against the Raiders, Chargers, and Chiefs. I think Flacco and the Broncos, as is, even without any further improvements, can hang with the Chargers, but they're still going to be playing catch-up to Mahomes and the Chiefs. There's just not enough spark. There's not enough firepower with Joe Flacco under center, which is why Zach – The Broncos absolutely can't miss on the opportunity to take a quarterback at pick 10 this year because, yes, you can compete, you can push in the AFC West, but is Flacco the quarterback going to get you over the hump? And even more so, are you going to be able to compete for the next 10 years? And that's something that I think remains unachieved if you look at John Elway's front office resume. He came in, provided this city with a world championship as as a GM. But when his contract expires in three years, even if he wants to walk away and hang it up and and retire uh, from the Broncos, his legacy, need he can't leave this team without a long-term quarterback, and Flacco's not it. So that still needs to be addressed.
2: Honestly, to me, the best way to beat the, the Chargers and the Chiefs in the world is to play ball control, run-oriented, ground control you know, control clock-killing offense with a smash-mouth defense. You can do that with Case Keenum. You can do with Drew Locke. You don't need Joe Flacco for that. So um, if that was the goal, if, if Elway's legacy, if he wants to be a quarterback collector, that's what he'll be remembered as right now. He's a guy who can't pick a quarterback to save his life, and at this point, it seems like he's scared now to draft a quarterback. Mm-hmm. There was a a whisper last year that he became gun shy after whiffing on Paxton Lynch, and sure enough, they didn't draft a quarterback. So if that's really where it ends for him, if he doesn't draft a quarterback, if this is it, uh, that's a that's a weak hill to die on, Joe Flacco.
0: All right. Well, we still have a few more of your questions to get to in the VIP mailbag. We are going to dive into it. We're going to offer you the absolution and the answers to your burning Broncos questions. Those of you we haven't gotten to yet, hang with us. We'll be right back. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right. So a couple more questions here in the VIP mailbag. First one here comes from Stud Lee going on two months as a VIP subscriber. Welcome. Appreciate you. Love your support. Vic Fangio said, no more Band-Aids. But it seems to me, Studley says, that this whole Flacco thing is just putting another Band-Aid over the QB position. How much involvement did the new coaching staff have in the decision to bring Flacco in? Now, Zach, before I serve this over to you, this was something curious to me as well, Studley. I asked this to Benjamin Albright on Thursday's podcast, and, you know, he didn't really wax too deeply on the idea. I asked him more specifically how much Fangio had a, a, a say in this. And, you know, he said, well, obviously Fangio was was behind it. But just like Fangio has said when he was introduced to the to the Denver Media, Zach, personnel, the team in itself, I mean, it's, this is John's baby. This is Elway's right. baby. But I think I would be shocked. Let me put it this way. I don't know this. and Not a lot of time has passed for me to – you know, have talked to everyone. I need to talk to you on this, but I would be dumbfounded if Rich Scangarello was not consulted on this at some level.
2: Uh, for you know, first of all, it, it, the Broncos all they did was take off a dirty band-aid, open a new one, and put another one on. That's all they did with going from Keenan to Flacco. Second of all, I saw a tweet. I think it was by uh, Nicky Javala that said Fangio was the driving force behind this move, and Skangarello gave his input. But I tend to agree that final say does lie with Elway. This has Elway's name all over it. But knowing him, how he wants to get the whole uh, group together, how he wants to have a contingent and a collective and a, and a round table, he definitely got the input of the coaches. But he ultimately signed off on the move. He
0: sanctioned it. He's the one
2: that made the call. He's the one that made
0: the trade. Yeah. I mean, even if it was honestly John Elway picking up the phone or walking down the hall to Scangarella's office and saying, hey, look, I'm. I'm this close to pulling the trigger on a Flacco trade. Can you make it work with Joe Flacco? Does he fit? Can you make it work? Even if that's what it was.
2: right?
0: I'm sure sure the conversation took place. Some kind of stamp of approval came from the offensive, uh, you know, main offensive coach on this team. I I would be shocked if something like that didn't happen. Right. But.
1: I think what flavor of these new Dunkin' Coconut Refreshers you get says a lot about you. Really? What's it say about me? Well, you got the refreshing golden peach because you're vibrant, fun, and positive. Oh, what about me? The bold purple pomegranate means you're vibrant, fun, and positive. I take it I got this delicious pink strawberry because I'm vibrant, fun, and positive? Yeah, it's a simple system, really. Share the shine. Enjoy a medium Dunkin' Coconut Refresher for $3. Order ahead plus earn rewards. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer includes classic Dunkin' Refreshers. I think what flavor of these new Dunkin' Coconut Refreshers you get says a lot about you. Really? What's it say about me? Well, you got the refreshing golden peach because you're vibrant, fun, and positive. Oh, huh. what about me? The bold purple pomegranate means you're vibrant, fun, and positive. I take it I got this delicious pink strawberry because I'm vibrant, fun, and positive. Yeah, it's a simple system, really. Share the shine. Enjoy a medium Dunkin' Coconut Refresher for $3. Order ahead plus earn rewards. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer includes classic Dunkin' Refreshers.
0: You said it earlier. I mean, he's developing a reputation as being a quarterback collector, and that's not good. I mean, you look at teams <laughs> who have transient quarterback situations, and those aren't the teams that are winning ballgames year in and year out. Those are not your perennial contenders. So... You know, it's still too early to say whether or not this Flacco trade is going to be a success, but in order to hedge that, again, Elway needs to get that quarterback at pick 10. Now, one more from Jedi Joshua, 58, going on two months of of being a VIP subscriber. Joshua's question, well, guys, this doesn't make a whole bunch of sense. With our free agent money, I kind of feel like it's going to be harder to afford some quality guys that we clearly need, so... Here, let's let's talk about this again. We mentioned it briefly on yesterday's show, but one thing to take out of that conversation with Benjamin Albright is he's a lot more optimistic than some that the Broncos are going to be able to trade Case Keenum. So, if they are able to trade Case Keenum, you're getting, you know, it's, it's apples to apples because Joe Flacco is going to count for 18 million on the cap in 2019. You're not mm-hmm. really taking a step backward financially, so long as you're able to unload Keenum and another team is taken on his salary. But, Zach, if the Broncos do indeed find no takers on the trade market for Case Keenum, they're going to have to swallow that, that uh, $7 million guaranteed, mm. which is a loss in terms of what they're going to be able to spend in free agency. But I really don't think it's going to hurt them that badly. They're still going to have plenty of money to go out there and spend to improve this team.
2: Right, assuming they get rid of Keenum via trade or release, it's like a lateral move financially for them. So they'll have well over 40 million to play with. Whether they want to resign their own players or chase some outside players, they're going to have their money. It, it, the full it, excuse me, fulls. The Flacco move doesn't really preclude them from getting anyone. It just kind of shifts their thinking. Now it's maybe not going to go quarterback in the first round. Maybe they don't target a corner in free agency. It just kind of shifts their thinking a little bit. But in terms of money itself, once they get rid of Keenum because he's not sticking around, um, they
0: still have plenty plenty of money to spend. All right, before we get out of here, we're going to take one question from the Twitter mailbag and this one was a great one. It was my favorite question/ slash comment on Wednesday after the trade took place. It comes from Mr. Ian Darbs Jr. at Mango and Rice on Twitter. Ian i am a big friend uh, excuse me, Ian says, I'm a big fan from the UK. Keep up the great work guys question. Does the Joe Flacco trade make the Drew Locke pick more dominant? I think he means more likely. Since they got similar skill sets, strong-arm QB, where Keenum couldn't teach Drew Locke as much since he's a different type of QB. So it's an interesting point, Zach, that he brings up that if you're looking at prototypes – and you have an outline of a quarterback that you're trying to fit into that similar mold so that you know when, if one goes down, the other can step in, and it's a relatively seamless transition, they're similar players. I would say that Drew Locke has more versatile arm talent. He's got more athleticism than Joe Flacco. I think his ceiling is higher than what Joe Flacco ever was as an NFL quarterback or ever has been, but what's your reaction or answer for Ian there?
2: I don't put too much stock into the mentoring ability. I mean, they can definitely teach some players a thing or two, but they learn most by doing, by being on the field and going through that trial by fire. So whether it's Case Keenum or Joe Flacco, Drew Locke is going to have the same veteran advice he's going to get, and he's going to still have to play and prove himself. I don't really tend to believe that um, it it increases or decreases their odds. They have to have that young guy on the roster. It, it, It could be no one on the roster. They could be left with Kevin Hogan. They still have to get a young guy in the draft, whether it's now or hopefully not later on. So the mentor thing, it means less to me than what Elway's ulterior motive is. If he really thinks he can win in 2019 with Joe Flacco as a starter and bypassing a quarterback with a top 10 pick, um, I would not agree with that. But if he thinks he can get by and still draft Drew Locke and develop him, uh, that's a more plausible outcome that that sits well in my book.
0: 40% of Broncos country, this is me licking my thumb, sticking it up in the air to see which way the wind is blowing. This is after polling Broncos country on Twitter. 40% view this. This is the majority. 40% view this as another Band-Aid move, the acquisition of Joe Flacco via trade in exchange for a fourth-round pick. 32% view it as a good move, but only if the Broncos still take a quarterback at pick 10, while 28% the minority here view this as a good move straight up Joe Flacco coming to Denver so some very mixed reactions Zach obviously the VIPs have Joe Flacco on the brain but I think we did over the last two podcasts about as good a job as we possibly could in terms of our instant reaction and gathering information to really help Broncos country start soaking this one in yeah, we're on
2: a rock and a hard place because there's still time between the draft. There's still the scouting combine coming up and pro days and interviews. The Broncos still can, still can draft a quarterback at 10, and then they have another competition on their hands. So I, I agree with you that we've done as much as we can do right now. We still have to wait for facts to come out. Hey, Flacco can fail as physical and the trade can be called off. We don't know yet. But as of right now, um, it does not lend me to believe anything is encouraging for the Broncos in 2019. That can change in April. But as of right now, uh, it, it seems a little iffy.
0: You know what there's one question in the vip mailbag that i missed because it wasn't a flacco question let's hit this one and then we'll get out of here this comes from cosby's kool-aid 21 he's going on two months of being a vip subscriber we appreciate you thanks for joining us the question is i would really love to get a light breakdown of the top three quarterbacks in haskins drew lock and kyler murray in your opinions what they do well what they don't do well and how each one would potentially fit the scangarello offense so in in light of the fact that we're running out of time, and I just barely saw this this in the mailbag as we're running out of time, uh, let's answer that this way, okay? Zach, your what are your top three? How would you rank your top three quarterbacks <clears throat> in the 2019 class? And which one do you think would fit best in the Scangarello Shanahan West Coast Zone Stretch Boot Action offense?
2: I think uh, Haskins and Locke are 1A, 1B. And then you have Kyler Murray. And I don't think Murray is an option for Denver. And then trading for Flacco kind of reemphasizes their desire for a tall, strong-armed, conventional quarterback. So Kyler Murray will not be in play for Denver. If it comes down to Haskins or Locke, I'm, I'm taking Locke. He's a little more conventional for me. I think his upside's a little greater, and I think he fit better in a Scangarello offense with his tools. And um, based on what he brings to the table mechanically over Dwayne Haskins, who's a little bit more um refine than Locke in certain areas. So it, the Broncos, I believe they're not going to take Kyler Murray. He's not a fit for them, and I think they should target Drew Locke. He's a better fit for their scheme, but will they? Uh, that's
0: a million-dollar question. I think you got to look at which one of these quarterbacks – you know, here's one thing before I say this. It's been in the past in Denver that the, the they've drafted a quarterback and said, you've got to fit our system. I think with this coaching staff and in light of the lessons learned from previous failures – this coaching staff would take a different approach in terms of trying to coach and scheme around what a quarterback does best. But on the surface, I think the of those three quarterbacks, the one that probably is best suited to step in and have more success playing under center is probably Drew Locke. And then you throw in the fact that he's got the arm, the arm talent. He's got the most starting experience compared to the three. I mean, both Haskins and Murray are one-year starters. Haskins, I never saw him take a single snap from under center. I mean, you don't hardly ever see it in college game anyway. But right. Haskins and, and Murray both, those were shotgun spread guys. And Locke, he played a lot of that as well. But I think just watching him at the senior bowl, he's a guy that I can envision having hitting the ground running a little bit smoother. Zach from under center. And then all of his other tools, his height, his size. The biggest thing is, though, and this might take him off of some people's draft board, those nine-inch hands, man.
2: And It's also what Scangarello said. He wants an aggressive quarterback. And like you hinted at, they're going to fit their system to the player not fit the player to the system. So based on those words and that assessment, Drew Locke, to me, has to be the guy. And that's why Elway reportedly was smitten by him and didn't leave the quarterback group in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. Has that changed? Has his opinion changed now that he acquired Joe Flacco? We don't know.
0: Yeah. We'll see. But both of us, two days removed from the, the Joe Flacco trade are still telling you right now this can work out but the broncos can't afford to go into the 2019 draft and not come out with their franchise quarterback of the future and i think both of us are saying zach the best bet for it working all the way around would be drew lock and here's the good news too with with kyler murray coming out and making that announcement that he's fully committing to the nfl i mean you can you can um, you know be as skeptical as you want, and that's not what I'm really trying to get at here, but he did commit publicly to the NFL. He hired an agent, and he's working specifically to train for the combine in the pre-draft process. One good thing that came out of that is it increases the odds of Drew Locke being there at pick 10. Now, does that mean that the Broncos would still take Drew Locke after having consummated this trade for Flacco? Remains to be seen. But both of us, what we're telling you is if – Elway passes on the opportunity to get Locke. If he's there on the board at pick 10, this might mean that the Broncos aren't going to trade up. But if it means that he doesn't take him at pick 10, if he's there on the board, I don't – I think it would be a a negative harbinger of things to come for this team in the next three years.
2: That's putting it extremely lightly and extremely kind. If they pass on Drew Locke, a potential franchise quarterback, because they traded for 34-year-old broken-down Joe Flacco – um, there's no way you can spin that into a positive. And there's no way you can rationalize his trade as anything other than a Band-Aid. It's not. He's not a long-term option. He's not a franchise guy. He's a Band-Aid. They have to take a young quarterback. At this point, they're not going to trade up for him. If there's any certainty, it's the fact they're not going to mortgage the future for a guy when they just trade a capital for a guy. If they sit tight at 10 and Murray falls to them and they love him or, or Locke falls to them, they have to think long and hard. And I don't really see another option. You're getting a franchise guy without having to surrender anything He falls into your lap. You take him. I, I just, I don't even see the option there, Chad.
0: Yeah. So I think we've done our job today as your football priests, allowing you, helping you to bear your soul, get it off your chest, exercise the demons. That's what we're here for. And hopefully you learned a little something along the way. And honestly, part of a priest's job is to help you feel a little bit better. And even though neither one of us Absolutely love this. We both have our doubts, some deeper and stronger doubts than the other. But hopefully you come out of this a little bit more encouraged about the possibilities of the future. If anything, just remember Joe Flacco has won a lot of games. He's won a lot of playoff games. He's been down the road. And so if the Broncos take care of everything else as well, there's reason to be optimistic. But this is a story only half told, and we have until April 25th, April 26th-ish, to know how the story ends and we'll we'll see how it shakes out there. But in the meantime, make sure you're following the show on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can find Zach on Twitter at Kelberman247, myself at Chad and Jensen. There will be a podcast waiting for you when you wake up Saturday morning building the Broncos returns for another likely Flacco fused. Maybe not Flacco. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe it's draft. I don't know. But uh, look for that podcast on Saturday and then Zach and I will be back in the saddle attacking your Denver Broncos on Monday. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. Have a great weekend, you guys. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.
1: When your entire life is online, you need more than just speed from your internet. Xfinity gives you reliable in-home Wi-Fi coverage plus protection from Wi-Fi network threats. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. I think what flavor of these new Dunkin' Coconut Refreshers you get says a lot about you. Really? What's it say about me? Well, you got the refreshing golden peach because you're vibrant, fun, and positive. Oh, what about me? The bold purple pomegranate means you're vibrant, fun, and positive. I take it I got this delicious pink strawberry because I'm vibrant, fun, and positive. Yeah, it's a simple system, really. Share the shine. Enjoy a medium Dunkin' Coconut Refresher for $3. Order ahead plus earn rewards. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer includes classic Dunkin' Refreshers.